You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, interviews from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s with voices from the past. She had a unique voice. Mary's voice and Mary's physical presence was the dominant reality, the performing reality of Peter, Paul, and Mary. Singer-songwriter Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Well, no one personified the folk music trend of the 1960s like Peter, Paul, and Mary. With a broad and deep repertoire that included not only their own songs, but covers of songs by artists like Pete Seeger and Bob Dylan, Peter, Paul, and Mary became superstars. One of their most enduring hits, of course, enduring to this day, Ironically, though, it wasn't until 2007 that they turned Puff the Magic Dragon's story into a children's book, an illustrated children's book. And once they did, it flew off the shelves. It became wildly popular. This thanks to its co-writer, Peter Yarrow. That was in 2007. It was the first chance I had to meet and interview Peter Yarrow. But then a couple of years later, they came out with another book based on another of their hit songs, Day is Done. And that's when I had the chance to meet and talk with them again. That interview took place, that's the one you're about to hear, that interview took place just a few weeks after the untimely death of Mary Travers. So here now from 2009, Peter Yarrow. Since we last talked, Puff the Magic Dragon became a huge bestseller. Does it surprise you in any way that that book and now the new one are are, are so popular? Are so, are, I mean, they're popular not just with the kids, of course, but with their parents who remember the songs that went with them. Puff the Magic Dragon never was written as a children's song. People say, oh, that's a children's song. Listen, when Peter, Paul, and Mary first wrote uh, our first songs, uh, because, you know, we were saying Pete Seeger songs on our first album... We were not necessarily saying this is a love song and this is a yeah, this is not a marketing thing. Folk music has songs that are about murder ballads and and uh, songs that made America great. It has political songs and it has advocacy songs of hope, songs of uh, courtship, children's songs. When you sing them, you sing it as an adult that whether it was an intended for children or not, for instance, there was a song, It's Raining, It's Pouring, on the first Peter, Paul, Mary album. Nobody said, oh, that's a children's song. I guess I'll go to the next song. That's for my kids. So it is that Day is Done was never written for children. It's just presented for children in this book. And it's done so very gently uh, because if you want to say, here, listen to the words, it says... Tell me, do you ask why I'm sighing, my son? You shall inherit what humankind has done in a world filled with sorrow and woe. If you ask me why this is so, I really don't know. But if you take my hand, my son. Now, when they're portraying sorrow and woe, do you see pictures of people with, with, with on the ground with, with big swords in their bellies? No, that's not what the images are. The images of these, I mean, if you were doing something... If you asked you know, Picasso to uh, illustrate it, he might take a section of Guernica. But that's not what this is for. This is a presentation of a song for children as a comfort. As a matter of fact, in a, 
uh, in a children's hospital uh, in Sacramento where I went to sing. I had just had a, a, some copies of the book that were pre-production, final production, and I, I had the kids there. Some of them were burn victims that were just... It was just... It's always something so spiritual and so devastating to share this. And I was singing uh, to the kids, and then I got the idea. I said, let's, let's open this, uh, these books. And this is one child who was visiting a child who was there at the children's hospital, another child who was actually one of the patients. And, and they turned the pages, and the first page says, Tell me why you're crying, my son. I know you're frightened like any everyone. Is it the thunder in the distance you fear? Will it help if I stay very near? And he said, are there any adults here that were ever frightened by anything? What were you frightened about? One of them said, I, I got frightened when my parent got very sick. And then somebody else said, and then one of the children chimed in. Now we had the essence of what this book was about. Kids were opening their hearts as a, as a song will allow. Now, if there were a book, for instance, Blowing in the Wind, you'd say, well, is that a children's song? No. But you can do a children's presentation of it that would not traumatize kids, or you could have Blowing in the Wind by somebody, uh, you know, who's, who's taking a Picasso-esque Guernica kind of advocacy. Now, why is this so important now? The means of getting this music out to America with the advent of the collapse of music business so that it's now to a large degree gone to the net. And it, became, it was there because of avarice and greed, because the music business became no longer about really supporting artists and really understanding music as as a soundtrack of people's honest, open, authentic lives. To a large degree, that's the case. It wasn't just because technology changed and you could download songs. It, the, the important thing is that we don't have folk music out there in the same way that we did. We don't, we've still got it in the schools, the summer camps, in the, in the churches, in the, in the synagogues. We've got it now through these books. And that means the collections of books through Puff, through there, there's another vehicle, and I'm I'm really excited about that possibility because we sound we sold about um, eight hundred fifty thousand Puffs so far. It'll be reach a million by Christmas. Now, what does that give me? Uh, you may say, oh, it gives you a lot of money. Well, uh, you know, really. Uh, what it gives me, besides being a rock star, and because if you sell a million mousetraps these days, you're a, a rock star, whether you were a folk singer or a policeman before. What it gives me is the opportunity to, to pursue this, uh, this platform and to do it for others. So that, yes, I am doing it with these, uh, but I also have an, an imprint, Peter Yarra Books, on which Tom Paxton's The Marvelous Toy is coming out. I also, uh, Judy Collins, after that, will be uh, somewhere over the rainbow by the same artist, Eric Puy-Barré, 
who did um, a Buff the Magic Dragon, and he's also doing a, uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas, which is the last, and that'll be for a year from this Christmas, the last thing that Mary recorded was the dialogue for that. After this short break, Peter Yarrow corrects the misinformation about the loss of Mary Travers. Now back to my 2009 conversation with Peter Yarrow. Noel Paul has written and wrote a song with it that we did for the Christmas Hanukkah shows uh, at Carnegie Hall with the New York Choral Society, but Mary's contribution was reading it. And you can hear in her voice that she was, her voice itself, because she was on oxygen, you know, uh, was failing at times. She had very limited lung capacity uh, because the chemotherapy, by the way, she, she licked uh, uh, leukemia. She had a bone marrow transplant. She did not die from leukemia, notwithstanding the way in which her death has been reported. She, she was very proud of the fact that uh, she had the the commitment and that guts and and also the technology from the people who took care of her and the nurses and the to to the, she had no leukemic cells uh, when she was finished with that and all her white cells were uh, her donors white cells who was there at her burial who uh, name was also Mary and was also a Republican, by the way. She told a great story about that from the stage. She said when she met her donor after a year on the phone, she she had told the donor, I had this terrible nightmare that I was in the uh, voting booth and uh, all of a sudden, like in Dr. Strangelove, my... And my hand went to the wrong lever and pulled it. And she said, because I, I had, I, I dreamt, absurd as it may seem, that my donor was a Republican. And she said, there was a long pause on the other end of the line. And then the voice spoke and said, Mary, I am a Republican. <laughs> so a lesson to us all in, uh, in, in, in humility and appreciation. But, uh, these books are, have given a new vehicle for carrying on the tradition that Peter, Paul, and Mary uh, has been living for a long time. And I could, be not, I could not be more grateful to Sterling for launching me on this path, or grateful that I also now have my own uh, imprint to put out uh, other books at, that I want to, and and then maybe maybe there's a song that I want to do, that maybe uh, you know uh, would be better put out by the uh, you know that this one. The people don't buy because they say, oh, you know this record is on Columbia. I only buy Columbia records. Oh no, this RCA, no Warner Brothers. In music and creative or in publishing, people don't look. About, they, they want to know who the author is and the content, and they, you know. So what's important here is what the, the books are about. And I am hopeful that there's going to be lots of competition, that there are going to be lots of people doing this, and that it will usher in a whole other arena for sharing this music that's been so important for so many years. One of the things I learned in reading this book I didn't realize you'd written the song for your brother. My brother 
Andy uh, uh, was one of the great uh, people in the world. His tragic loss when he was quite young was devastating to me. And um, uh, I, I, I was many years his senior, uh, at least in those days, you know, if you were 20 and, and your brother is 30, you know, they're, uh, your, your, your older brother is, uh, more like a dad. And, uh, I had dual feelings towards him. I, I felt that he really needed my love and protection, not just as a peer, but as a, a part of, um, the world that was growing into awareness. And uh, I realized that the gift that he had, which was such a kind of a a heartfelt innocence in a certain way, uh, was something that was enriching me. And in the last verse where it says, tell me why you're smiling. Here I am, you know, urgently trying to do this and that, and he's kind of saying with his being, if you if if you're spreading love, it's going to be all right, Dad, or my big brother, and uh, his name was Andrew, so it was a. Uh, uh, wrenching for me a moment ago to just sign your book because Andrew was not my son or my grandson, but my younger brother who passed away, and I didn't mention that in the in the, uh, the uh, dedication. But uh, it's it's an opportunity for me to to think about him as I'm thinking about Mary's passing. Uh, I'm very much aware of the great gifts that we shared. The fact that she, with her unique personhood, voice, and, and presence, and the authority of her never being um, calculated, you know, she she just, you weren't listening to her like Barbara Streisand, as beautiful as her voice was, you said, listen to that technique, she could hit any note, she's like, you're never talking about marveling at Mary's technique. All you're doing is seeing the raw beauty of this person who really cares and who really feels empathy and who really feels pain and hope. And so she was the kind of the the light of of guidance of that. She had a unique voice. I uniquely was able to blend with her. <laughs> and not that I didn't... And I don't have uh, a quality that has something to recommend it. But really, if you listen to it, Mary's voice was, uh, and Mary's physical presence, was the dominant reality of, 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 of the, the performing reality of Peter, Paul, and Mary. There were other realities, the uh, you know the organizing reality or the political determination. I, I'm not diminishing my own contributions or those of Knowles, 
uh, no pull, but I'm saying that in this time when we can really look with a certain sense of immediate distance for the first time, we can see how extraordinary Mary was. Peter Yarrow turned 84 in May. He lives in New York. Mary Travers died in September 2009 at the age of 72. And you can, of course, find easy Amazon links to Peter Yarrow's books at our website, heardeverything.com. And that's where you'll also hear my interview with the legendary Pete Seeger. I would like to see people singing even when they're not with friends they know. I'd like to see people singing while they're waiting for the bus. (laughs) Just us, waiting for the bus, just us, waiting for the bus, just us, waiting for the bus, Mr. Driver, won't you please come soon? And my 1987 conversation with another folk icon from the 60s, Judy Collins. The more I thought about all the possibilities of the book titles, I felt that Trust Your Heart made the most sense. It seems to me it's the one thing that's really governed my life, led me to do things that I wanted to do. And, of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find Now I've Heard Everything on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, it was 30 years ago this week that he made history by accepting the nomination to be the next Vice President of the United States. My 1992 conversation with former Vice President Al Gore. We don't take care with the environment. We assume that we're somehow separate from nature, when actually the message is now beginning to get through that what we do to the Earth's environment, we do to ourselves. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.